The Gambia is currently in a transitional phase, ushering in its third administration after ousting a 22-year dictatorship led by Yahya Jami. Fatou Bintou Salah, a fellow from The Gambia at the Africa Leadership Center, analyzes the various transitional justice mechanisms employed by the First and Second Republics of The Gambia within a leadership perspective. Africa over the past three decades or more has on occasion struggled with transitions from authoritarian rule to democracy. Despite these political challenges, the continent has also produced some of the most progressive justice mechanisms seen. Following these African conflicts, different models of transitional justice have been developed in an attempt to address human rights violations and ease the way for a stable society conscious of its human security needs. Gambia is no exception to these trends. It was the first country in Africa that has integrated local and international justice mechanisms, also known as hybrid courts. It has undergone two transitional justice processes in 1981 and 1994. The Gambia, until 1994, was one of the longest continuous surviving multi-party democracy in sub-Saharan Africa. According to Sen and Sise, it had an inclusive society and Gambia was on the higher stage of stability than most other post-colonial states. According to Wiseman and Wittler, only Botswana and Mauritius came close. The post-independence political stability was disrupted in 1981 briefly when an attempted coup gave rise to the bloodiest conflict ever in the country with an estimated dead toll of nearly 800 people in a population of 600,000 people, and a lot of destruction to property. To bring the perpetrators to book, a hybrid tribunal was instituted, which was part of the Supreme Court of the Gambia. This tribunal was the second ever international tribunal after the Nuremberg trials in 1945. As part of its regulation, there was not a single Gambian judge or prosecutor that served in these trials to ensure that the proceedings were as credible as they could be and to insulate the local population from charges of partiality. According to the current Chief Justice of the Gambia, Hassan Jalo, and who served in this tribunal, Gambians generally had confidence on the proceedings as the officials serving on it had no vested interest whatsoever and carried out their mandate accordingly. The government headed by Sadawda Jara had concerns about uh, the, the ability and the, the impartiality or the challenges that a judiciary of locals would face in trying to, to, to prosecute and adjudicate on these cases mm -hmm. of treason. These were serious charges of treason against uh, some of the senior rebels. So it was decided uh, that in order to ensure that there were free and fair trials, Gambians should not be involved. Gambian judges should not be involved in these cases, nor should Gambian prosecutors be involved in the cases, but that uh, foreign judges and foreign prosecutors would be hired to come in and do the job. That was Hassan Jalo in an interview to Robert H. Jackson Center in the United States. The international community, most notably Amnesty International, had certified that the proceedings were free and impartial. 1,000 people were in detention before the start of the hybrid tribunal and subsequently 40 people were prosecuted and received the death penalty. The tribunal relied on colonially inherited laws. 
In July 1994, another coup took place and ushered in the military junta led by then-Lieutenant Yaya Jame that toppled Jawara's 30-year rule. This event was also followed by transitional justice mechanisms. About five commissions of inquiry were set up to investigate former administration officials, expose corruption, and punish those who served in the Jawara administration. All former ministers' private properties were seized except the Minister of Justice and Minister of Interior. By and large, it ended up becoming a fishing expedition to alienate the previous regime from the political affairs of the Gambia. However, there were key distinctions and similarities between the two regimes. Primarily, the transitional justice mechanisms in both regimes did not produce a new situation. The primary needs of the Gambian people were to rebuild their lives and mend the social fabric ruined by mistrust and betrayal by elected officials. The wrongs that were committed by the First Republic were the same ones repeated at an even higher degree by the second one. The presence of transactional leadership, which loosely means an interaction between leaders and followers, based on need satisfaction and not on long-term transformation. On the other hand, similarity between the two regimes lies in the exclusion of the Gambian people in the whole transitional justice process and the idea of building an integrated Gambian society. Fatou Bintou Salah, a fellow from the Gambia at the Africa Leadership Center.